athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It is the dopest show on radio, and I am your host, Donald Ware. Listen, National Football League predictions last week went 8-7. and seven. I was a little bit worried early on because of most of the teams that I'd been picking had been losing. I mean, I couldn't believe the way that the Ravens lost, uh, and I couldn't believe Ravens losing to Miami and, and, and the Jets ultimately pulling it out uh, as well. I mean, I thought those were two gimmies, but ultimately ended up going eight and seven after the week before going 10 four and one so i'm off to the good start two weeks into the national football league in terms of my predictions going to set the table for you today on the program but i want to get to the picks i want to start with the picks for week three of the national football league we've already played the steelers and the browns so the bills and the dolphins so i'm looking at the dolphins and i mean yeah the dolphins able to come from behind to get the victory over the Ravens. As a matter of fact, I tur- just turned away from that game when it was like 31 to 14. Next thing I know, it's a no. Next thing I know, I look up and Miami had won that football game. I really could not believe it. You know, obviously couldn't believe it. Tua Tonga Vailoa, uh, what a game he had. Six passing touchdowns in the game. I don't think that, and, and I think that the Dolphins are legit. I liked. I, I think Tunga Valo is legit. Like I have no problem with him. I think he's going to be a solid quarterback in the National Football League. But I watched the Buffalo Bills play, and I watched uh, Allen. I mean, this guy has got a rocket. He threw a pass, and I'm trying to. It may have been to Diggs. It was down the down the seam, and it went. It was in the end zone, and it. I mean, this ball. He's got a rocket. For an arm, all of those questions about whether he had the accuracy coming out of Wyoming and so forth, I think have been answered. And he's really great. The Bills' defense is great. He's got weapons all over the place, running back, etc. I definitely like the Bills over the Dolphins in Miami. The Bengals and the Jets. So again, mentioned the Jets pulling out the victory last week. I mean that that just shouldn't. I mean, look, that should just not have happened. You look at the Bengals and you're like, okay, watch that game uh, against the Cowboys last week, a game in which the Bengals uh, could have won. You go back a couple of weeks ago losing to the Steelers when they had no business losing that game. All the, all the Bengals had to do <clears throat> was kick an extra point. I don't think the Jets can have that magic for two weeks in a row, especially going up against a Bengals team now. I realize the Bengals are struggling, but the Bengals are very good with Joe Burrow and that offense, I think the Bengals will finally figure it out this week and get the victory over the Jets in Jersey. The Raiders and the Titans. 
So the Titans, wow, I, 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 I'm surprised, right? Like, I'm, I'm surprised by their start. Um, you know, this is a matchup where two teams need a victory. Um, I think that the Raiders are the better football team as we currently stand. Now, does that mean that the – I mean, I, I think it means the Titans will fall to 0-3 just to give the prediction ahead of time. But, I mean, I do think <clears throat> that ultimately Vrabel – and his staff is going to turn it around, no doubt, <clears throat> at least as far as I'm concerned, but it's not going to be against the Raiders. I've got the Raiders over the Titans in Nashville. The Saints and the Panthers. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you're looking at a Panthers team that's off to the 0-2 start. And I'm looking at a Saints team. You, they had the whole scuffle last week, the whole fight. Really, it was more than a scuffle. Fight last week against the Buccaneers, it seemed to ignite the Buccaneers more. And, the, and you know, Jameis Winston threw three interceptions. I mean, I don't think that is indicative of what we're going to see from Jameis Winston throughout the course of the season. That said, the Panthers just aren't playing well. I mean, it's a lot of talent on this team, a lot of talent on defense. Remember, the Panthers built this team around defense through the draft. You've got ta- – I mean, you know – for whatever reason, it's just not working offensively with Baker at the current moment. Um, you know, I, I, I Christian McCaffrey, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think I just look and say, okay, pause. And it's almost like a when will McCaffrey get injured, you know. And, it, you know, I don't know if it's a situation where, you know, he's playing right now and we'll we'll see. I, you know, we'll we'll see what, what this team looks like. I mean, this is a tough game for me to pick because I don't know that the Panthers will fall to 0 and 2 and the Saints are coming off the game that the Saints had. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints are are going to rebound from that loss to the Bucks. Got to rebound to stay in that uh South race, NFC South race and I like the Saints over the Panthers in Charlotte. The Ravens and the Patriots. So Patriots getting a nice victory last week over the Steelers. Um, you know, the Patriots are okay, but I mean, I, you know, the Ravens, I mean, that, that I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to give Miami credit more than I'll say, uh, that the Ravens blew the game. Although the Ravens defense did blow the game. Lamar Jackson continues to be Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I definitely, uh, this isn't the, the same Patriots team nor culture to me. It just feels different with the Patriots. I definitely like the Ravens over the Patriots in Foxborough. The Lions and the Vikings. This is an interesting one because I'm going to give all of the credit for last week's Lions game over the in the win over the Commanders to the Lions. Uh, the, a lot of things that the Commanders could have done didn't do, but the Lions played good, played very, very well, as a matter of fact. Um, th- that defense is, is stout, uh, looks pretty stout. Uh, the running game is good, <clears throat> and I think golf is solid. You know, he's solid enough. Um, but the, I don't know. I just I think the Vikings. I think this is I think this is going to be a good year for the Vikings. I realize you know Vikings <clears throat> coming off that loss, right? But I think that the Vi- after a win over the over the Packers, I I, I whoo, you know what? I, I, I'm this is what I'm going to do on this pick. My my gut is telling me to go with the Vikings. But I think if this is the year that the Lions are going to have a breakout 
situation, a breakout year. They've got to win this game over the Vikings. So I'm going to go with an upset, mild upset, the Lions over the Vikings in Minnesota. The Eagles and the Commanders. The Commanders, I mean, you know, defense continues to be porous. The offense didn't uh, get off to a great start last week. Um, Meanwhile, I look at the Eagles, and the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is playing some ball, right? Eagles are 2-0 on the season. Uh, That defense is good, uh, even though they allowed the the, uh, Lions to score 35 points, but I think that's in part because the Lions are pretty solid. I hate picking against Washington, but I am in this case. I'm going to go with the Eagles over the Commanders in the DMV. The Chiefs and the Colts. So the Colts are off to a bad start. Matt Ryan doesn't seem to be the answer, uh, at least as we currently uh, sit. Uh, I don't think that the Colts are going to be able to turn it around this week um, against the Chiefs, who are off to the great start. Patrick Mahomes and company uh, are off to the great start, and I like the Chiefs over the Colts in Indianapolis. The Texans and the Bears. This is an interesting one um, because I feel like you know, I feel like the Justin Fields doesn't have enough around him uh, right now, okay? But with that being said, I still feel like the Bears are a better team than the Texans are. I mean, the Texans are going to fight. They're going to play hard. Um, but I, it's just not going to be this week with a win. So I like the Bears over the Texans in Chicago. The Jaguars and the Chargers. I did pick the Jaguars last week over the Colts. Um, the Chargers are solid. I, I think the charge. I think people are giving more credit to the Chargers than 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 what should be given. Justin Herbert's got all the talent in the world. I'll continue to say it. Show me the playoffs. The Jaguars for two seasons with Herbert have not showed me the playoffs. Meanwhile, I look at the Jaguars. It's a team that's sort of on the rise. And again, much like the Lions to me, if you want to be that team and get it over the hump, you got to win this game against the Chargers. So I'm going to pick another bit of a mild upset. I'm going to go with the Chargers, the uh, excuse me, the Jaguars over the Chargers in L.A. The Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals continue to struggle, but the, it's not like the Rams are playing like out of their minds uh, either. Um, I don't know, you know, and the the Cardinals just have issues on both sides of the football. The Rams, I don't know. The Rams are okay. I, I think I, I think coaching is going to play into this, and I think the Rams have a better coach, and so I'm definitely going to go with the Rams over the Cardinals in Arizona. The Packers and the Buccaneers. This is your prime time game, interesting game, right? The Bucks coming off, you know that win. The fight sparked them. They're not going to have. You know, Evans, he gets suspended for the one game. Receiver's an issue. Offensive line is an issue. You, and the defense is really good for the Bucks, and you still have Tom Brady, no doubt. Meanwhile, I look at the Packers, and I look at Aaron Rodgers, and they bounce back with the, the Packers, bounce back with the win last week. I think the Packers' defense is solid. While the Buccaneers have had the Packers' numbers, not this time around. I'm going with the Packers over the Buccaneers in Tampa. The Falcons and the Seahawks, oh, man, this is an interesting game. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Seahawks over the Falcons. Uh, you know, 
Obviously, Seahawks couldn't get it done last week, but got it done two weeks ago against the Browns. I like the Falcons over the Seahawks in Seattle. The 49ers and the Broncos is your Sunday night game. Um, Jimmy G is back, right? Like they needed Jimmy G. Um, you know, Trey Lance is out for the season. Jimmy G to the rescue. Um, the, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the Broncos' makeup. Qu- quite frankly, uh, I like the 49ers over the Broncos in Denver. And then the Monday night game, the Cowboys and the Giants. I like. Well, the the the, the Cowboys struggled to get that victory. Meanwhile, the Giants are off to the two and zero start. I like the start that the Giants are off to, I, and I like the Giants over the Cowboys in Jersey. Let me set the table for you today here on Box to Row. We've talked NFL. We're going to talk HBCU, and the two are going to come together. North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver going to join us. Hampton head football coach Robert Prunty going to join us. And former Arkansas Pine Bluff punter, now punter for the New York Giants, Jamie Gillen, also going to join us today here on the program. So sit back. Relax and enjoy. Up next here on the program, North Carolina Central head football coach, Trey Oliver. Check this one here for me and my DJ. You can cha-cha-cha to the smarty cry. I'm the dopest female that you've heard thus far, and I do get The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the 6th Annual Box to Row Countdown to Kickoff. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box Row. To Box, row. To row. Box to Row. The North Carolina Central Eagles with a victory over then number 25, New Hampshire, in his fourth season as the head football coach of North Carolina Central is Trey Oliver. And as a matter of fact, the Eagles are ranked number three 
in the HBCU coaches and media polls. Not only that, now ranked number 25 in FCS and has an upcoming game against Virginia University of Lynchburg on Saturday. Trey Oliver joins us here on Botch to Row. What's going on, Coach Oliver? Man, not too much, not too much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's always good to have you. I mean, that's a it's a really big win uh, for the program. It's the first uh, – well, now it's the first time you've been ranked in the FCS Top 25 since 2017. But your thoughts on the 45-27 to victory over New Hampshire in Durham, New Hampshire, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, man, that was a um, it was a big win for the program. <clears throat> I just think it's a testament to the our staff, the coaches, support staff, and everybody, and of course our our, our student athletes. But uh, it was a hostile environment up there, man, and and um, we went through a lot of adversity, and you know, but our guys I thought were resilient, um, and we executed. We executed. Now that, that was really good to see for us to play well in all three phases of the game, and you know, to get to a get off to a fast start. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned going through adversity, any, any, I mean, is there anything more than you would normally go through as a visiting team on the road? Well, our flight was, uh, our charter flight was late showing up. So we obviously we touched down there late and uh, then got caught in the rush, rush hour tra- traffic. Um, we didn't get to our hotel till about five thirty six o'clock that evening, Friday night. Uh, Saturday we had a long ride to the game, and and I was walking up and down the bus trying to wake guys up. We know we got close to the stadium, so it it was just it was just a rough travel. Um, but uh, plenty of hospitality. I thought their fans were you know they were in it, and and um, uh, you know they had an outstanding you know uh, stadium. But we were excited, man, and, and definitely happy to get out of there with the win. How much? I mean, you mentioned traffic. Like, how much is Durham, New Hampshire, like Durham, North Carolina, traffic in Durham, New Hampshire? Oh, it was plenty of traffic, man. It was crazy. And and we stayed in Massachusetts. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know where we were. We were somewhere up north uh, between, I guess, New Hampshire and Massachusetts. We, we, were, we were in both states. So, But it was quite a bit of traffic. All right. Trey Oliver in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central joins us here on the program. Davius Richard, you know, had a chance to watch, and we'll talk about the game at your opening game against A&T to start this season. But every time I see this young man play, he just continues to get better and better. I mean, you're looking, I mean, if you look at the numbers, 334 yards of total offense, 18 of 27 in the game, two touchdowns, no interceptions, threw 494 yards, carried the ball 16 times for 140 yards, and another touchdown your thoughts on his performance against New Hampshire? That kid's a warrior. And I think Coach Leone's done an outstanding job with preparing him throughout the week. And, um, you know, the young man's disciplined. And he's going to take, you know, go through his progression, go through his reads. And uh, he's just not going to lock in on one target or who he thinks might be open. Uh, so he does a good, outstanding job of looking at coverages and uh, going through his progression and hitting the open guy. Yeah, speak to He's always been a guy – that distributes the ball to many receivers. You're right. He doesn't lock in on one guy. He doesn't have one target. But he he he's just distributes the ball to multiple receivers, and that happened again uh, in the game against New Hampshire as he found seven different receivers. Right. And we, we talk about in our program belief. We talk about being great, and it starts with belief. Uh, uh, believing in yourself, believing in your teammates, and believing in your coaches. 
And, uh, you know, when, when guys come to practice and they show up and we, they pra- as hard as they practice, um, uh, you know, Pee Wee believes in, in, in his players. And um, every, all, we have a room full of great receivers, and, and uh, he knows all those guys can make plays. So, um, like I said, whoever's open is going to get the rock. Yeah, speak uh, – last thing, you know, with respect – uh, to him, to Davius Richard. I mean, Coach Washington, the A&T head football coach, of course, you, you've known him for many, many years, was defensive coordinator when you were a player at North Carolina Central. A lot of those third downs in the game against A&T said in past years we would play three up, eight back. Richard couldn't beat uh, A&T, but this time consistently – beat A&T, which speaks to his progression. I remember, of course, when he was a, a, a true freshman in, in 2019 playing for you, but it just shows how he has progressed over these years. So much of that is coaching. And and the other part of that third down is uh, uh, not getting behind the chains. And if you win first down, uh, you have a better chance of converting when it's third and four, uh, third and three, third and four, as opposed to third and uh, nine or third and ten. So I th- I think that's the big part of it is we you know we're winning on uh, on first down which is a direct correlation to, to third down but uh, against New Hampshire third down was huge for us we were twelve of fifteen and um, you know the offense had an opportunity to stay on the field in this game against New Hampshire you go up fourteen to nothing you get the uh, interception that puts you up uh, fourteen to nothing Khalil Baker then it beca- then you know it just became you sc- they score, you score, they score, you score until ultimately you got that field goal uh, by Olivo, Adrian Olivo, uh, with 148 remaining in the third quarter. Speak to how big that field goal was. Points uh, are critical, especially on the road and against great teams like that. And, um, uh, you know, that, 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 was, that was a huge field goal. And I thought, you know, all phases of our kicking game were we were on point. And a lot of times when you play up and play out of conference, uh, that's usually one area that kind of sticks out and is kind of a thorn in your side, I, you know, as I might say. But I thought we won the kicking game. Our partner, we only punted one time, and I think he had like a 46-yard 40, average. So I was pleased with our special teams, man. I really was. Is this a return game? Was this some kind of – is this a return – do they return the game to you, meaning New Hampshire? Yes, they're supposed to be coming back in 2025. Okay, I know, I know you guys will be looking forward to that. Uh, Trey Oliver, the head football coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on the program. Speak to getting the season off on the right start with a big win against A&T, uh, the Aggie Eagle Classic, if you will, this time in Charlotte, and it was the first time you had beaten the Aggies in four tries. Yeah, well, I, like I said early in the, in the, in the year, um, our guys felt, you know, a little disrespected and a little slighted, you know, being being picked so low, uh, you know, as far as the, the, the HBCU coaches poll. So we had something to prove, and, and the guys have worked their butts off, and, and we know nobody's going to give us anything, so they have to work to go take what they think is theirs. Um, I think the biggest difference between the A&T game this year and in the past is we were healthy. You know, last year we had 26, 27 guys that missed that game. Uh, we had our, you know, starting offensive line ready to roll, and uh, we were re- relatively healthy at all positions. So that, that's the biggest thing. I think we're a much deeper unit now, and uh, I think we're a better coach team this year than we had been in the, in the past. You know, there's a lot of questions you had to answer last year with that victory. You almost, you almost had – I mean, a lot of people, and I know you don't think this way, but made it 
made it seem like you had to apologize for beating Winston-Salem State. You only beat him by seven points on last year. This time you beat him 41 uh, to nothing. Was that more of a more of a statement game and a statement victory for your program? Not at all. Not at all. And last year, you know, we played as hard as we could, and Winston gave us everything we wanted. We, I mean – we tried. Our kids played hard. We didn't play as smart as we wanted to, but, you know, Winston was a good football team. Um, so I'll never apologize for, for winning, never, uh, by one point to whomever. But uh, this year was not a statement game. We weren't trying to blow anybody out or embarrass anybody. Uh, we were just, you know, doing what we do. And, and uh, we played a whole lot of folks, a whole lot of guys played, and um, we're trying to create some depth. But I think we're a much improved team, like I've, like I've stated in the past. And um, guys are, are excited, and, and they've bought in. Again, a couple of more thoughts with Trey Oliver, the head football coach at North Carolina Central here on the program. The, I mean, it's a, it's a really big win. I don't think it can be overstated. I mean, it's been, you know, maybe some years since. I mean, you can look at South Carolina State beating Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl where Jackson State was ranked in the top 25. It's been some years since an HBCU has beat a non-HBCU team that was ranked in the top 25. May have even been A&T beating Jacksonville State. I'm not 100% sure. But you've gotten a lot of accolades, FCS uh, team of the week. What is all of that? I mean, how how special right now is all of that for the Eagle program? I mean, it, it's good for our guys to get the notoriety and, and people to see that the hard work that, you know, that we put in is now paying off. Uh, but that – that New Hampshire game, we, we watched yesterday. We made corrections. Uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, congratulated the guys. Gave out game balls. But that's over and done with. We're, we're on to Lynchburg now. And uh, we know the media has, has their job to do and, and, and write some articles. So we, we're not paying too much attention to it. And I told the guys, heck, when they had us picked, uh, wherever we were picked at the beginning of the season, I told you all don't listen to them then and don't listen to them now. So that's kind of <laughs> our mindset right now. Got it. Uh, Lynchburg, thoughts? They, they got – see, Virginia Union blew Lynchburg out the uh, first game of the season. I think it was 77 and nothing. But since then, you know, VUL is playing some uh, pretty decent football. They are. And this is a much improved team from, you know, years past when I've seen these guys play. I think – I mean, they're so much more improved. Um, they did let the Union game get away from them. I haven't had an opportunity to see that game yet. Um, but but Delaware State they play those guys tough, and uh, Presbyterian I believe that was a one one possession game, but they they have some really good receivers. I, I was very impressed with them. Those guys can flat out fly, um, and I think their defensive line is very good as well. But we you know we we have to come in um, the same way we prepare for the rest of the teams is how we'll how we will prepare for again for them. Last thought we appreciate the time. What does it mean? Uh, to be an Eagle, in fact, an all-conference performer at both uh, defensive back and punter, and to be able to coach uh, at your alma mater. I mean, it was it was a blessing to be able to come back and have the opportunity to run this football program here. And um, it means the world to me that, that I could be uh, one of the pieces to help get this thing turned around and, and where we're supposed to be. So, um, you know, uh, as you know, we struggled in 19 my first year here. And some people question some things, but um, uh, the administration and, and myself, we had a plan and stuck with it. And um, I'm just happy to see that, that we're heading in the right direction. We still have a long way to go. Uh, we haven't won a championship here or anything. We just won three games. But um, um, I'm, I'm so pleased and so happy to have the opportunity, you know, to lead this program uh, at my mater. 
Again, Trey Oliver in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central. Joining us here on the program, the Eagles going to host Virginia University of Lynchburg on Saturday at home. Coach Oliver, as always, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Eagles. Donald, thank you, man. You do a great job. Trey Oliver, head football coach of North Carolina Central, New York Giants punter, Jamie Gillen is up next. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Durham, New Hampshire for the matchup between New Hampshire and North Carolina Central. There was no score in the first quarter. North Carolina Central driving. And now he'll run it left. Takes up blockers. Has room to go. 10-yard line. Davius Richards. Put him on the board. Eagles in the end zone. Touchdown, North Carolina Central. The quarterback getting it done with his legs and the Eagles led seven to nothing. Ensuing possession, New Hampshire with the football. Empty backfield, the Eagles bring the pressure. The pass is intercepted. Coming back inside the 20. They might score again and they will. It's Khalil Baker, three, four, three. Touchdown, North Carolina Central. 33 yards and the Eagles led 14 to nothing. New Hampshire would get a touchdown in the first quarter. We're going to keep things in the first quarter with the score 14 to 7. The Eagles with the lead and possession. Davis back to pass. Pressure's coming. Let it go in time. That's complete. Walking Davis into the end zone. Touch down North Carolina Central. That's my man Jonathan Duran on the NCCU Sports Network. The Eagles would go on to defeat number 25 New Hampshire 45 to 27 and the Eagles are now ranked number 25 in the FCS poll. Now, let me take you to Rome, Georgia, where the Albany State Golden Rams looking to get back on track after last week's loss to Florida A&M taking on Shorter. No score in the first quarter. Albany State with possession. Banu under pressure. Steps up. He can run for the first down. He's going to get the first down. On his feet, 25-20. And he may go all the way in for a Ram touchdown. 43 yards. And the Golden Rams led 7 to nothing. Now I'm going to take you to the third quarter with the Golden Rams leading 21-14. to 14 And once again driving. Banu puts Christian Grant, the tight end, in motion here on third down. Back to pass, steps up in the pocket, throwing it, and it's going to be caught, and touchdown, Ralph Lovett. You know him, my main man, Freddie Fresh Settles on the Albany State Golden Rams Sports Radio Network. The Golden Rams defeated Shorter 42-20. to Now, I'm going to take you to Arlington, Texas, for the matchup between Texas Southern and Southern. We're going to pick things up in the second quarter late with Texas Southern already leading 14 to nothing. Shotgun formation for Andrew Body and company. Still an opportunity to score here. Taking over the football. Body with a pass in the scene. Down to the 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Tigers. Touchdown, Tigers. Derek Morton with the touchdown reception. That was Devin Wade on the KTSU Sports Broadcast. A surprising victory by Texas Southern over Southern. 24 to nothing. Now, let's go out to Jackson, Mississippi for the HBCU National Game of the Week between Jackson State and Grambling. Let's go to the second quarter with Jackson State having possession and a 14 to 7 lead. Back in the shotgun. He's in 
trouble. Here comes the pressure. The ball is loose, knocked out of his hands. Picked up by Brian Powell, and he will walk into the end zone for an easy 17-yard scoop and score. And just like that, Grammy can tie the game pending the outcome of this point after. And that's exactly what the GSU Tigers did, tying the game at 14 apiece. Ensuing possession for Jackson State, looking to protect this ball and looking for the end zone. Shadour takes a snap, throws across the middle, the catch is made inside the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, that's Daniels. That's my man Rob J on the JSU Sports Network. The route was on as Jackson State defeated Grambling 66 to 24 to remain undefeated and remain the number one team in both the HBCU media and coaches polls. On this weekend's edition of Box to Row, we'll be talking with Hampton head football coach Robert Prunty, North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver, and former Arkansas Pine Bluff punter, now the punter for the New York Giants, Jamie Gillen. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country, including Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Channel 84, Saturdays 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Sirius XM Channel 142, HBCU, to listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman who is in his fourth season in the National Football League, first with the New York Giants. He is a punter, a former Box2Row All-American at Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Giants, primetime, Monday night football against the Cowboys as Jamie Gillen joins us here on the program. What's going on, Jamie? Oh, just hanging out. Thanks for having me on uh, on your podcast. Um, just honestly getting ready for for Monday. You know, it's a it's a big game because the because the next one. Um, but it's it's exciting. It's going to be fun on a Monday night. Uh, big rivalry, so it's uh, it's all exciting stuff. No question about it. You're averaging fifty, as you know, fifty one point one yards uh, per punt, which is fifth in the National Football League. Your thoughts? The Giants are off to the fast two and zero start. Yeah, I mean, uh, we spent all off season uh, trying to build a culture here. Still trying to do it, you know, one by one, one game at a time. Um, it's been great, uh, loving what Coach Dabo is preaching here. Everybody's trying to get on the same page, and I would say is on the same page. We're just riding the wave through the season. You know, it's hard to win a National Football League, um, and we just got to keep plugging away. You know. And for you, I mean, your thoughts on your your season, I mean, because when you look at it, I mean, you have been able to pin, you know, teams uh, back to give them, you know, more difficult starting field position and things of that nature, which has helped to this 2-0 start. Yeah, um, you know, every time I, I go out there, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't follow uh, stats at all because um, I, I don't think it paints a, a picture of what goes on in the game in my job sometimes. Um, I'm very much whatever, I'm very situationally aware of where we need the ball placed to set up our defense. You know, I, I could, uh, you can average a lot, but can be out kicking your coverage. And that's uh, not the game plan right there. You know, we need, I need to match my distance with my hang time. Uh, the key one for us would be the net uh, average. That's where the ball was ball's position for the defense. So every time I go out there, I, I go out with a mindset of where we're on the field, What's the down distance? Uh, where am I trying to get inside the twenty? Am I trying to flip the field here? Hang time and stuff like that. So I just um, 
have a different, a very different approach to uh, my punting sometimes on stats. So we just uh, when we're when we're have the opportunity to get inside twenty, we we try to get there every time because you know that field position is crucial for uh, these big games. You know. Yeah, no question. I mean, you broke it down right there. It's not all about the numbers, although I would say your career average for net is in excess of forty yards, which is pretty, which is pretty good, I think. Uh, you know, but with that being said. You know, t- talk about the times that you, you know, you have to kind of uh, get the hang time going opposed to trying to get the ball as far uh, as you can and how you're able to balance the two. Yeah, uh, we work on practice uh, a lot, you know, just different things. Um, it, it's kind of so I kind of call it the gray area when you're from your 40 yard line to the to the midfield to 50 yard line. That's kind of a weird position to be in because if I go and murder a ball or hit a ball really well, it might go into the end zone and that's a touchback. And ideally, we don't want that. Um, so we call it a 60-40 ball. If I kick it into the end zone, it's a 60-yard punt, but a 40-yard net. So I kind of play with different punts in that area of the field to match the hang time and distance so we can get down there and cover so we can get the ball down inside 20. So uh, I go for after 40 yards, you know, 40 yards, you want, ideally goes, you want 4.40 seconds of hang, 41 yards, 4.1, 42 yards, 4.2. So if I'm hitting 50-yard balls, my goal is to be 4.9 and above for hang time. So our gunners can have, you know, with the snap included, almost six and a half, seven seconds to get down there and cover a 50-yard punt. So um, that's 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 our goal for when we go out there and do that. Jamie Gillen, punter for the New York Giants, joins us here on the program. The Giants, of course, in primetime Monday night against the Cowboys. You're with the Giants. You were with the Browns for three seasons, went undrafted, had a really good career with the Browns. Were you su- I mean, it's interesting. Late December, were you surprised when the Browns waived you? Um. Uh... I would I would say um, I don't really know what goes on in the minds of the people who make those decisions. I I was I had COVID, you know, uh, so that that was a little bit, and you know that was not um, not the way I would have liked to have gone out, you know. But that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL, and it opened up other doors that have been far more exciting for me. So. Uh, I, I did my post. I, I immediately got signed by the Bills and had a fantastic time there. That is another great organization that led to me signing here. And I tell you, I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the past six months of being here from top to bottom. It's a great organization, uh, great coaches. Um, the owner of the team, uh, both of them are fantastic individuals. So, it's, it's, it's been great and we're just trying to build something here and the way I look at it is I, I just was I was blessed as they say with another opportunity and it's up to me to take it you know there's loads of guys that can get opportunities and but can you take it can you do it when you're supposed to do it can you go out there fourth down two minutes left the game do your job when you're supposed to do it so uh, I, I was just super happy to be here uh, but uh, with the goal in my mind of being the best punter I can be for this team. And I'm here for a reason. They, they call you, I think you picked up the name, the Scottish hammer in, in, uh, in high school. Uh, you were at <laughs> matter of fact in Leonardtown, Leonardtown, Maryland, uh, uh, right with that. Um, you like, do you like that name? 
you know, any you got anybody can call me whatever they want. I'm I'm cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it was kind of funny. It kind of threw me off guard. I, I remember we were sitting in Pine Bluff and uh, I think it was Good Morning Football or something came on. Tom uh, Tom Pelissero, they were talking about me pre-draft and uh, and someone had found the old huddle film from like what my coach. Uh, had made and saw the Scottish ham and they decided to give you that nickname. Like, oh, man, here we go. So it's stuck. And so I might as well roll with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool name. I guess more on a, on a, on a serious note, your, your thoughts on the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Oh uh, yeah. You know, my dad's military. Um, so I was born into a military family. So, you know, we, uh, we, you know, more than the loss of uh, the Queen, and uh, we have the utmost respect for the monarch and stuff. So um, it's, it's kind of odd now that I've been in the USA for so long, you kind of lose touch with uh, a lot of the politics and what goes on over there. So uh, when that popped up on my uh, newsfeed, I was, uh, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it, it sucks, you know, someone's, someone lost their mother. So it's, uh, everybody was, uh, was, was very upset about that. But, um, you know, that was going to be interesting, the dynamics of uh, that situation over there. Yeah, no question. But you've been in the U.S., you're right, for a long time. One thing you haven't lost is that accent, though. <laughs> I'm surprised, actually. I do Sometimes I do say things with a little kind of American twang to it. I think, man, I can't. <laughs> what's happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt Jamie Gillen joins us here on the program. What do you, you know, it's interesting that, take us through the story of how you ended up at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely a unique one. Um, I played five games of high school football. My coach was saying to me, "Look, you know, you got a, a good leg. You uh, you can get scholarships for this." And um, you know, my mom, my dad, and me were thinking, "Scott, like, they would really give a kicker a scholarship." Okay. And um, teams were offering me preferred walk-ons and stuff, and I wasn't willing to take – I didn't want to take that because I was going to go back home and play rugby and do that route. Um, and then I got a scholarship to Bowie State, and I accepted it, and I didn't sign the paperwork. And then out of nowhere, my buddy was working at the gym. He followed a bunch of recruiters on Facebook. Someone had posted on Facebook that Arkansas Pine Bluffs kicker had decommitted he goes, ah, oh, screw it. I'll put Jamie's film in there. I get a phone call that night. I was out with some of my friends. I accepted it. I remember the coach kind of saying, you don't have any other questions? I was like, no. He said, D1, full scholarship. I'll be there. And uh, I woke up in the morning, and I didn't even know what HBCU was. I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought it was a feeder school into the Razorbacks. <laughs> I was so confused. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. So I showed up. Um, I think I packed my pack. I went home actually. I was like, "Hey, man, I like, kind of did this. Uh, what you've done?" And so, signed the paperwork, and I was basically researching the school, kind of on the way to the airport the next uh, kind of five days, and showed up to Pine Bluff. And I, I, I'm looking back, it was probably a really good thing that I was very naive to um, college football. But as soon as I showed up there. I, Oh, man, this is awesome. The stadium, the grass, the weight room, the people. I was like, I'm, I'm here for four years. I'm going to give it my all. I just wanted to win football games. I had this goal of playing in the National Football League. So I just dedicated my four years to it. And here I am. But it, it was a, it was an interesting experience. It was it was good fun, but total culture shock, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. that That is absolutely great. So your thoughts, what is it going to take 
for the Giants to make it 3-0 on the season. Prime time. Everybody's going to be watching you, right, uh, against the Cowboys. It is going to take everyone, everyone on that sideline in the box to do their job. Uh, so that's that's it's going to take high level educate, high level of execution. Everybody doing their job, doing their part, and being together as a team. I mean, you saw the past couple of games. We've, you know, it was a slugfest. We've we, we've gotten it out, and we got to We just have to keep doing it. You know, it, uh, whether it's a dirty win or a good win. You know, and our whole just focusing on the game plan this week, studying film, watching the opponents, going into Monday night fully prepared. And just going, and then all, then from there, it just takes execution and practice habits. You know, we're always concerned about the process, especially for me, Graham, and Casey. Graham, the kicker, and Casey, the snapper. Process is such a big thing for us, and we focus on that all week. And then you just have to you have to let it rip on on, on the Monday night and see what you got. You know. Yeah. Now you kicked a couple of field goals in preseason, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Did you do that at Pine Bluff too? Yeah, I did all three in Pine Bluff. Okay. Um, so that was it, it kind of just went just muscle memory just kind of went back to uh what I used to do I mean we used to kick a lot in in Pine Bluff and I was uh I, I was blessed with uh, with two very good coaches um in Pine Bluff that helped me on this on this journey so I just kind of went back to muscle memory and have poked them through <laughs> yeah former botch to row all American fourth year in the National Football League first with the New York Giants. He's the punter. He's known as the Scottish Hammer. He is Jamie Gillen. He joins us here on the program. Jamie, really appreciate the time. I'm trying to catch up with you for a while. We've gotten it done. Continued success to you and the Giants. Thank you. I really appreciate that. The Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillian, joining us here on Box to Row. Hampton head football coach Robert Prunty is up next. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. I like the Giants. Like, I've liked the Giants. I know the Giants have had some down years, but Saquon Barkley hasn't been healthy. There's been a lot made of Daniel Jones, the quarterback. I happen to think that Daniel Jones is going to be a pretty solid quarterback. I like Barkley, 184 yards, rushing 9.1 yards per carry last week, one touchdown. You look at Jones, he had two touchdowns to one interception on last week. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to go with the Giants over the Panthers in New Jersey. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. The Hampton Pirates are on the season. What are the undefeated teams in HBCU football, as a matter of fact, as we continue here on the program? 3-0 on the season, ranked number five in the HBCU coaches poll, number seven in the HBCU media poll. Got a big game 
on Saturday traveling up to take on nationally ranked Delaware. Robert Prunty is in his fifth season as the head coach of the Hampton Pirates, and he joins us here on the program. What's going on, Coach Prunty? How you doing? Everything's great. Yeah, I guess so. When you're undefeated, one of six teams uh, that are undefeated in HBCU football, uh, just your thoughts on the way the season is going to this point. Again, the Pirates 3-0 and on the season. You know, I think the most important thing is we, we're gelling as a team uh, early, and that's, that's always great to see. But, you know, I love the way our coaching staff and the job these guys are doing. I mean, they're doing a phenomenal job, and, and the players are. So, right, you know, all the credit goes to the, the assistant coaches and the players for just buying and, and, and coming together, you know, as a staff, as a team, and, and just growing. And you can see this is a beautiful thing to see. The win over Norfolk State, the Battle of the Bay, 17,000 there in Norfolk. You win that game 17-7. to Your thoughts on that big victory for the Pirates? Well, you know, first of all, you know, Coach Odom does an outstanding job. I mean, he comes from Southern. He's a winner. And then Norfolk State is always a tough program to, to play against, especially versus Hampton because of the rivalry in the Battle of the Bay. Just a, a very physical game. It was 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. And it just came down to a battle. And we were fortunate enough to make a few more plays than, than what Norfolk State uh, made. But at the end of the day, it was two g- good teams playing. And, uh, and we were fortunate to come out on the winning side. Yeah, t- can you speak a little bit um, to the play uh, of your, your quarterback, really, throughout the season, uh, Christopher Zealous, uh, in, in this game? He was able to get it done both with his arm and his legs. Well, you know, the, the thing about Christian is that he's a he's a tough guy. He's a mental tough guy. And, uh, you know, his grandfather was a you know legendary coach at North Carolina A&T, and uh, his mom played basketball at Hampton. And and we we feel very confident with Chris in there. And we also have Michael May, so we kind of got a rotation going on. But Chris had the hot hand, and he had – you know, Chris can beat you with his feet, and he can beat you with his hands. So – it was great to see that and to see him be able to connect on some of those big passes. And, you know, he's a very cerebral guy. But once again, Chris, this is Chris' first year playing, you know, actually getting some playing time. He only played 10 games in his whole career. So, you know, he's taking in the system. He's improving. He's getting better and better each day. Robert Prunty in his fifth season as the head football coach at Hampton joins us here on the program. After the win, I want to take you back to last year because that win – excuse me, against A&T was monumental for your program at that time. You finished the rest of the season uh, two and two last year. Was there, is there still some, I mean, last year is last year, I get it, but is there still still some carryover from last year's win against A&T that has helped to propel you to this 3-0 and start? You know, I... <clears throat> I would I would say so. I, I think that with at this program, you know, we needed to you know, A and T is, is is such a powerhouse program and, and Coach Watson does a great job and for them to come to Hampton and we beat them, you know, it, it, it gave our kids a boost of confidence but also it it shows you the level of the big south. I mean, the big south with Kennesaw State and you know, and Mama being playoff teams and it you know, it's just a tough conference we were in, and, and when you put it all together, you know, when you look back on it, you know, you've got to think that that win versus the A&T has kind of propelled us 
going into our next season to join the CAA. You, your thought? What were your thoughts when you when you knew that Hampton was going to, in fact, join the CAA? You know, I, I was happy because I'm, I'm happy for Dr. Harvey. I'm I'm a, I'm a lord. I'm a supporter of whatever the president, the athletic director, and administration is doing. And so whatever they think is best for the university, I'm going to support it, you know, and, and uh, go along with it. So I knew that Dr. Harvey had wanted to be in the CAA for, from my understanding, over 20 years, and he couldn't, and he, he couldn't get in or something. And then at, right here before he got ready to retire, I know he had a smile on his face to be able to see it. But I can tell you this much, that's a tough conference. They have five teams in the top 25. I mean, we're looking right now. We got we have eight games left, and six of them against teams that are ranked in the top 25. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough battle. Robert Prunty, the head football coach at Hampton, joins us here on the program. I mean, we've we've talked about the three and zero start, but speak more to how important it is to get off to this start with conference play, and specifically the CAA conference play looming. Well, anytime you're winning. You, the players start to buy in more. You know, you you get the culture to change the way you want it. You you know now they're listening more. I mean, they're feeling good about themselves. So you can you can add you can put more on the plate as far as you know technique, fundamentals, and stuff like that goes. But at the end of the day, anytime you can win, that's a boost of your confidence. And I and I like the fact that we're going into the conference play three and How does recruiting does recruiting change for you? Now, I mean, because if you look at it, I mean, you were in the MEAC last, I guess, was it 2016 or 17? Then you go to the Big South for a couple of years. Now uh, you're in the CAA. How does recruiting now change for you uh, now moving into the CAA? Yeah, we might as well be honest about that. Those, these, these players out here now, they, they look at all that stuff. They look at who you're playing against. They look at who you, you know, what conference you're in and, you know, because their mind, some of them's mind, are stuck on the NFL and and who can have the best competition. It's, it's made a huge difference. We picked up some guys that we probably wouldn't have got if, in the Big South just because we're playing against now Villanova, Delaware, you know, Wim and Murray, uh, Richmond, and uh, we're playing against ranked teams now. And those, these, these, these players now, man, they are very cerebral. They're reading, they're talking to people, they're gathering information. And they know the schools, they're going to, you know, I was talking to a young man last night, and I think that kid asked me over 25 questions about the program, about the conference. They're, they're doing the homework. So it's, 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 a, it's a different battle out here now. These guys are, are real detailed and, and cerebral, and they've been, they're being taught well about before they pick these schools. Your thoughts, uh, concerns, et cetera, as it, rec- as it relates to Delaware and going on the road to take on the Hens? Well, I mean, nobody's given us a chance. I mean, they, they rank number eight in, in, in the country in, in FCS, and, uh, you know, they got, what is it? I think we was looking at it. Out of the 22 starters, eight of them are either fifth-year seniors or graduate kids. I mean, they got a, they got a great team. I mean, they, 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 they fundamentally sound. They play hard. You know, it'll be a great test for us. I, I'm, our student athletes are very excited. We're looking forward to this game. You know what's interesting? I, I look at across the landscape of college athletics, and uh, you know, I know you're you're happy where you are at Hampton, but but I look at our the graduates of our schools, right? 
And there, there was, of course, Willie Jeffries. You have the head coach at, at, at Marshall, who's a who, who's a Hampton grad. And our, you know, uh, graduates of our schools aren't really getting the FBS opportunities as as head coach. But you've had some opportunity. Like you've been at Cincinnati. You've been, you know, at East Carolina. I mean, you've 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 done those things. So I just want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on that and how. Um, you know, we would be able to get, you know, HBCU grads, if they want to be, sort of to that next level, that FBS level in terms of being uh, head coaches. You know, Donna, I just control what I can. You know, I'm at Hampton, and then to me, the job you got is the best job that you have, the job you at now. You know, I don't – I just stay away from all that. You know, whatever God got for me, God is going to give it to me. I'm just going to keep my head down and keep working and just working and then let the God take care of it. Because, you know, I've always been a guy that whatever God put on my plate, I never try to complain. I've always tried to be satisfied with the hand he dealt me. And then and God have dealt me an unbelievable hand. So, you know, I I don't have time to figure out people and what, what's on their mind and what who they think should be there. You know, I just just take the hand God have dealt me and just and just be happy and make the most of it. Last thought, and we appreciate the time. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned all you know the stop, Texas Tech, right? Like you've had a, a quite a few stops uh, as an assistant coach. Now as a head coach, first opportunity there in terms of a collegiate uh, situation. You, your thoughts um, on how you're growing as the head football coach at Hampton in now five seasons? Just becoming a better listener. You know, you know these players. Is the thing you got to be careful of if you do all the talking. You got to listen to your coaching staff. You got to listen to the players. I think if I have any advice for for any young coach that's becoming a head coach, is you got to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself, and you have whatever ego that you have, you have to let go of it because it's when you first get that job. You know, because you're being told by everybody, hey, man, do it your way, do it your way. So if something happens, you can only blame yourself. Well, I don't know if that's totally true. Remember, it's a team, and that's what you got to keep in mind. And the team consists of the coaching staff, the players. You got to listen. And then the only way that you can solve a problem is you got to listen to understand what the problem is today to correct it. And my first three years is something I had to learn to do. I had to humble myself, you know, and I, and I don't know if that'll work for other coaches, but I know if you want to have a successful program, you're going to have to be the servant of the whole team. And that comes with you humbling yourself. Mm, he's an alum of Hampton, a graduate of Alabama A&M. He's Robert Prunty's the head coach at Hampton. The Pirates on the road on Saturday, conference play, CAA play as the Pirates take on Delaware. Again, Robert Prunty, the head coach, the Pirates 3-0, joining us here on the program. Coach Prunty, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Pirates. Thank you, sir. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Robert Prunty, Trey Oliver, Jamie Gillen for joining us today here on Box to Row. I'm going to be in Greensboro calling the A&T and South Carolina State game for ESPN+. It's a 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so why don't you check check us out on ESPN Plus for the call of that game. Check out our new project, Radio Boss. 
great conversations with great celebrities and entertainers. For more information on that, you can log on to radio-boss.com. And of course, for more information on Box to Row, log on to boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Oh.